Chulipa, you're in the way. No, she's exactly where she needs to be. How's Chulipa been um, health-wise? Oh, she's good. Yeah, she's doing good. Has she had any other problems with her expressing her anal glands like she did way back in the day? No. No, that's pretty much completely solved at this point. She knows how to express them on her own. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes James has to help Mm -hmm. with his teeth. Ew, please. Get some anal juice in his mouth. Ew. Anal juice. Um, Hold on, my microphone isn't working. Hold on. How queer. Hey, that's a slur. Um, I can say it because I'm homophobic. Oh. Uh, okay. I thought you were trying to reclaim it, but as long as it's there, homophobia. Don't I sound so much better? Oh, yeah. yeah. So much better. It's like night and day. Come on. Come on. You actually, I actually can't tell a difference. Oh, Sorry. wow. Okay. It's all right. Bye. Welcome to to potentially the very first morning edition of It's Not That Scary. We're not recording. Yeah, I I would say it probably probably is. Definitely. I've got my coffee. It is 11.08 a.m. on Martin Luther King Day. That's right. Happy Martin Luther King Day, everybody. Of course, big ups. Happy belated Martin Luther King Day for those of you listening in the future. When we, yeah. Yes, for sure. When we this release. episode will not be released on Martin Luther King Day. Chalupa's up, upset. Hey, girl. Happy Martin Luther King Day to Ethan, who will be working but is getting paid overtime. That's oh, nice. just because it's a holiday? Yeah. That's nice. Do you get paid uh, 1.5 times for overtime? Yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm going to see uh, Becca today. Her name? Becca? Oh, yeah. Becca it is. Schaefer? It's your friend. Uh, Becca Shilsky. How, how are you connected with her? Through a Facebook group. Oh, right. That my friend started. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thrifting, She's one. Which I think is a good first hangout activity because it doesn't. You don't have to be together the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you'll have fun. She's wonderful. She's very warm. I think it'll be good. Yeah, for sure. You want anything from the thrift store, either of you? Yeah, um, I want a ripstick. Okay, if I find one, I'll bring it home. Cool, I'll ripstick around the apartment. <laughs> is that the I love like getting the little presents when I go out? Do you, do you know what a ripstick is, Ethan? Like the skateboard, but it's just like two feet. Yeah, okay. it's just two feet. Um, <laughs> Respect. And it's like it's like a stranger's feet, so you need to like sort of like yeah. make friends. Make friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, no, it's, it's oh, I see, I see the image you're painting, much mm-hmm. like in our film, like the crawling hand, but with feet. exactly, gotcha. exactly, oh. exactly, and that's a great segue. Oh. Wait, wait, no, I still wanted to say, can you get me a coat at the thrift store? If I find one, yeah. I'm just kidding. Will you wear it? No. This is actually a, a good opportunity, um, not to start the show, but to put Ethan on blast for not owning a winter coat, uh, and he lives in Chicago, folks. However, I do own many sweaters and jackets and vests. But like your 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 warmest coat is a jean jacket. It's fleece lined jean jacket. Cotton is rotten, babe. But Cotton I'm wearing a shirt, then maybe another shirt on top of that, and then a sweater, and then the jacket. Yeah, I do the same thing, except my final layer is a winter jacket. Okay. It's not enough. I'll tell you. It's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I told my mom that you guys were going to text her and she thought that was funny. Yeah. So Andrea, please get, yeah, this, get this boy a winter coat. <laughs> she might send me something. If I were to find a coat, would you prefer like a wool overcoat or like a puffer? Um... It would not be more than $5. No, I know, I know. I just need to know what you mean by that. Because this is how often I don't, I just don't get coats. You don't know what a, a wool coat is? You, like so you've, lived, coat. you've lived in your life in Boston. And then upstate also New upstate York, New York and then Chicago. And, and Copenhagen. You, and Copenhagen. <laughs> and you don't know what a wool coat is. <laughs> it is a coat made of wool. Right, sure. Okay, yeah, that was, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> 
if you see one for a few dollars, don't even check the size. Just get it, and I'll wear it. I'll wear it. All. <laughs> Why not check the size? Because I'm trying to be silly. I will not look at the tag. Uh, no, that would be illogical. <laughs> Make sure you check the size. Okay, so I'll get a ripstick for Jaden and a coat for Ethan. Chalibity want anything? Thank you. Chalibity wants a little hat. Okay. Well, every time I get her a little hat, you re refuse to let her wear it. <laughs> she hates them. She hates them. <laughs> I will include a picture of Chalupa in her awesome jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Winter I'm jacket. I'm thinking of like a tiny little... Uh, little fez. Mm, yeah, like a tiny little fez that's like... You know, like how, like on RuPaul, sometimes the drag queens will wear like a stupidly small hat. Yeah, like specifically like in the most previous episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Betty. Do you remember last season when RuPaul would wear wigs? Oh right, her yellow wig. <laughs> what was that about? Like oh, in the like room, in the work, not like as a yes. queen, like not like in drag. In the mustache. going on low mode. Chalupa, no. Sometimes we have to be stern with her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but... Oh, do you want to plug in? Oh, no, I'm okay. Don't plug that into my ear. Margo's always trying to um, get me to link up to the uh, the mainframe. Metaverse. Metaverse. Yeah. If you keep this part in, can you put a vomiting sound after okay. I say metaverse? All right, sure. <laughs> and then a fart sound also? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that too. Ew, Mark Zuckerberg, was that you? Stinky. It absolutely was him, and he's running away right now. Oh my god. Can you do a little like pitter patter of like little like, like, like the tiniest feet imaginable? Like that yeah. sound? And then like another fart. Ew! <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'll do my best at all that. George Amy Lane. Yeah, I was about to say George Amy Lane. I was about to say George Amy Lane. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to It's Not That Scary. This is a horror movie podcast. We are watching horror movies chronologically through time. That's right. I said it. And uh, we're in the year 1965. We zoomed right past 1964. We watched one movie. It was bad. We were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, I don't even remember. It wasn't bad. We watched Straight Jacket. It was good. Mm. Right. All right. It was, it was nothing else looked good. It was mid. And then... Let's 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 zoom right into 1965 for an even worse movie. <laughs> um, no spoilers, Jaden. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, which is a fun title. But before we talk about the movie, we got to talk about the year 1965. What a year it was! I hear Bob Dylan was bullied multiple yeah, times, yeah. so I'm excited to hear about that. Margot, take it away. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start the year off with Bob Dylan, um, not chronologically, just thematically. Um, so Bob Dylan uh, recorded like a rolling stone his song which like a rolling stone very good which um unfairly is uh rolling stone magazine's number one song of all time nepotism yeah exactly. for real, exactly. for real. To see it. <laughs> so like that's dumb that would be like us saying our favorite movie of all time was the, 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 the horror movie we're going to make after we watch all of the movies. Yeah. That's kind of what the point of this podcast is, is we're gathering pieces and information and we're going to put it all into a neural a, network, yeah. AI, and it's going to create the perfect horror movie. Yeah. The platonic ideal of a horror movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he released that. And then at a couple of folk music festivals, he played the electric guitar. Boo. Yeah. Acoustic only. Yeah, which um, this website on thesay.com credits as the start of the folk rock movement. Oh, so I thanks, see. Bob Dylan. Thank you nice. so much. Taylor Swift is a better songwriter than you. Whoa. Oh. Sorry. Whoa. Went there. Also this year, um, the United States military admitted to using chemical warfare on the Viet Cong. So you win some, you lose some. Boom. Yeah. So like, does, is that like um, beyond like napalm and stuff? No, I think napalm is considered like chemical. So did, was that like hush hush at the, when it was happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Vietnam War is still ongoing at this I guess point. So. so they probably just like released the information like, hey, yeah, we've been using chemicals to kill That's, civilians. Yeah, yeah. 1965 is still pretty like like midway through the war. I don't know. I, I believe know. I believe it started around 1959. I mean, there were like operations going on prior to when like the war officially started or yeah. like, but 
yeah, for some reason, 1959 is sticking out in my mind as like the year that it actually popped off. 1955. Okay. Um, so 20-year war. I didn't realize it was so yeah, long. So we're right at the midway point, 10 years into it. Yeah. And they're admitting to using chemical weapons on the Viet Cong. And they're like, hmm, should we do it for another 10 years? Okay. Okay, we hear um, you. familiar. Yeah, for real. I am excited because I do feel like horror movies are about to start getting really good in response. We're nice and traumatized. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, this year, we got the Voting Rights Act officially signed and passed by LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, for all of you who don't know. Um, the Beatles uh, record help. The bugs. The Beatles. The Beatles. Help. There you go, Jaden. I need some help. <laughs> Mickey Mantle Day at Yankee Stadium. Who does? Mantle plays this 2000s game. I don't know. I don't know. On my birthday in 1965, just a, a soft 31 years before I'm born, um, the Vinland map is introduced as the first known map of America. Oh, wow. Do we want what? to see what happens on all of our birthdays? What does that mean? Wait, they surely had maps of America before then. I yeah, think it sure. like I think it was like the first like map that was drawn of America. And then they Yale University like history department like found it and was like, here it is, and then showed uh, it to people. I see. Yeah. Trying to go to July for Jaden. July 5th. Nothing happened on July 5th. Whoa. Damn. Sorry, Jaden. Okay, September 1st. Let's go, baby. The Indo-Pakistani con- conflict, Operation Grand Slam. That's a, that's a heavy one. That is an ongoing conflict. Yeah, and can you also check out Jaluba's birthday, September third? Yes. Um, a couple of things, three things, four things, four things. Okay. Wow. Uh, Rolling Stone concert at the Adelphi Theater in Ireland halts after twelve minutes due to riot. Good job, Jaluba. Nice, Bob. Garcia Godoy forms government in the Dominican Republic. Pope Paul the sixth. sixth publishes, I don't fucking care. And then preparing to move to Anaheim, the Los Angeles Angels changed their name to the California Angels. Way to go, Chalupa. You care about that? <laughs> More than fucking whatever the Pope said. That's true. That's true. The Pope's always issuing these edicts and encyclopedias that no one gives a shit about. Didn't even know. Encyclopedias. That's what they call it. That's stupid. That's what they call that it. That is stupid. Okay. Um, cool. Nice. Well, thank you for that overview, Margo. Appreciate the brain blast as always. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so Ethan, why don't you why don't you lead us uh, into our discussion of the film okay. since it was your decision to watch this movie? Boring ass hey. film. All right, all right. I'll I'll put myself on trial and defend myself right here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was like, should we watch more movies in 1964? Because I'm always the one that wants to watch more boring shit just to say that we did it. Uh, And we had a number of options for, like, really, really boring stuff. Um, But we decided not to, or I decided not to, because I'm a great friend. Uh, We moved Mm -hmm. on to 1965, and we got, like, fucking The Skull. We have Die, Die, Darling. Yeah. Bye Bye Birdie? We have Bye Bye Birdie, and then we have a movie by uh, infamously canceled director who shall not even be fucking named, so I'm not even going to do that one. And then we have this one movie called Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, starring Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. Yeah, good cast. Yeah, good cast. Just bad movie. I'm like, let's go. And uh, so we watched it. This movie, you know, it's it's not good. But Jaden and Margot are being haters. I do. I don't like this movie, but I stand this movie. It basically follows uh, a group of people who are in a, a train car together traveling, and one of them is a tarot reader, and he reads all of them their futures, and in each one uh, is a different terrifying tale that we get to see, uh, ultimately resulting in like their demise in some way. And supposedly that's their future. And each vignette is, uh, you know, uh, sorry. The, the biggest problem is this movie feels like 
it came from the 1920s where it's a lot of like talking in the room and like men talking in the room and like uh, not much else. But whereas in the 1920s movies, you never get to see the action in this movie, in this movie, you get to see all the action when it happens. Go ahead. You get to see some of the action. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the biggest 1920s ass um uh let me revise that. Uh the biggest way that this movie feels like it's from the 1920s is in the premise to me of just like vignettes and also like a man telling fortune feels very like 1920s. Um also the racism. And the racism, and the, sure. Yes. Um Sure. Yeah, and and my my problem with it is there were no stakes. I didn't feel there were any stakes throughout the movie because each of the stories we're seeing isn't actually happening. It's just a supposed fortune of something that could happen. And in fact, by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, we learned that none of the things that we saw in the movie did happen because um, the fortune teller is actually death and the five men uh, were actually killed on this train and this was sort of like introduction to purgatory for them. Um, yeah, it don't, so, it don't really make much sense at all. Yeah, don't really make much <laughs> sense at all. Um, and you're left at the end of the movie being like, well, why did we watch all of that if it was just make-believe? Um, yeah. And each of the stories, we can we can break them down real quick. First story is about a werewolf. Second story is about a killer plant. Third story is about... Voodoo. Voodoo. Uh, Very I walked with a zombie. Um, and then fourth story... Is art critic, art critic gone mad. Art critic gone mad. Disembodied hand. Telltale slash disembodied, disembodied hand. Telltale and fifth heart. story is a vampire. Um, so all like very, very basic premises for all of them, uh, like your classic horror ideas, I would say. So like nothing too out of the box, which I understand because they're like short stories. You don't want it to be too complicated. But at the same time, felt very unoriginal to me. Yeah, my biggest. Chuba's just uh, chowing down on Margot's <laughs> neck right now. I'm sorry. It's okay. Chuba, can you not? I have a defense against the dark arts of Jaden. Okay, you hated this movie too. Don't act like you didn't hate this movie. <laughs> you always I defend just... your own movies that you pick. <laughs> It's true. It's I had true. many problems with this movie, namely the pacing. Every time, like, there was any climax, it stopped because it was told in right. <laughs> an anthology style. So you had to start over um, and build back up to the climax. Every time there were six vignettes, which is too many. I think four would have been fine. Um, maybe cut out the racism. Also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the characters boring i don't know anything about them because we didn't get to spend any time with them um the only one i kind of understood was the <laughs> evil art critic yeah <laughs> yeah he was the best part of the movie his vignette was definitely the best to me yeah um most interesting just because again like he was the only character who was like complex in any way and we like knew something about um and his plot was basically like revenge plot which is more interesting to me than like there's a werewolf yeah. He was played by Christopher Lee, um, who is famous for Count Dooku and some other movie that I have never seen. I think Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. Yeah. He's the evil wizard. Saruman. Oh, yeah. I The other reason why I liked his vignette is the sick burn that uh, the monkey? <laughs> they did on him with the That monkey. was unreal. That, that was so really funny. Unreal. So funny. I couldn't believe He was believe like shit talking this one artist, and he's like, this art sucks. Uh, there's no meaning. And then he's like, oh, well, what about this painting? And he's like, oh, this one's really good. There's like color and meaning and it's awesome. And they're like, let's see the artist. And they literally bring out a monkey. <laughs> a chimpanzee. <laughs> and then the next scene is the art critic. Um, and he's like trying to speak at a conference. Yeah. And, and the artist is there and he builds like this little like paper doll of a monkey and he's just holding it up. And um, the critic just starts stammering and can't finish his speech and is horribly embarrassed. It's yeah. so good. And he's so tormented by this that he uh, runs over the other artist who humiliated him, uh, chopping off the guy's hand so he could never make art ever again. Yeah. 
Which leads him to kill himself. Oh, right. Which leads to the artist to shooting himself in a great scene where you... I didn't know if it was the artist going to get revenge and shooting the critic or if it was leading to him shooting himself. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I also liked how it was the critic seeking revenge against the artist and then the artist's hand seeking revenge against the critic. Just like I thought of that revenge. less of revenge and more of like a manifestation of his guilt, a la Telltale Heart. Yeah, respect. Sure, sure. Just uh, because, well, I don't know. I mean, it. I don't think, I think the, the thing is with this movie is it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of this stuff actually happens. Yeah. And there's also this element of it, before you know that they're dead and going to purgatory, there's this element of it of like, they're like, oh my God, is all this going to happen to me? And it's like, well, then just don't, do that like that is yeah. an yeah, unbelievably yeah. specific circumstance that you can avoid yeah it's really it's really strange because the tarot reader before he starts giving them all their fortunes he says okay i'm going to pull out four cards that'll give you your fortune and then the fifth card is the way that you can potentially stop it and every time the fifth card is death so like um the uh inclination or not inclination the implication implication is that they cannot avoid their fate and they will die um, but like, it seems like it would be very easy to, to avoid their fate. For instance, the art critic could decide not to kill this man, not to run over this man. Yeah. Or, um, the werewolf man can decide not um, to go to that place, not to go to the, the house where the werewolf lives or the, um, vampire man, um, can decide not to kill his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only one that is like slightly maybe could be argued as not available is a plant one because the yeah. plant just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah at his house and that one's weird because that's more of like an apocalyptic scenario and less of like a personal death scenario yeah. That, yeah. that one was strange because um it didn't end by the person being attacked or murdered in any way it ended by them um just like sort of being in their house and they're like i don't know how to get out of my house because the, the plant is too big my and favorite then, part of that one was the fucking slideshow that they showed oh, yes. us about all the different kinds of plants it yeah. made me think of them with, with the yeah, presentation the literally them. going through like every single different type of plant and being like ferns have roots but not flowers they have this and this and that flowers have this and this and that and just like for like five minutes it was yeah so... and they classified fungi as plants which when it's its own thing it's its own thing if you knew anything about biology you know that fungi are its own category 60 years ago <laughs> yeah i feel like they knew about science though your That's mom true. was alive <laughs> Whoa. uh <laughs> do you know that we're more closely related to fungi than we are to plants no way isn't that cool Oh, I thought I thought that it was or, yeah, more closely related to fungi than other animals. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. How? I don't know. Because of the DNA. Yeah, because the that DNA. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, yeah, you're well, so right, Margo. One of the things that you hear, Margot, and we can't confirm or deny you're that so it's right. true. But we, we don't have it. the capability. And fact alert. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. And having a similar like DNA structure doesn't necessarily mean that we're like closely related to that thing. Yeah, I've also heard that humans have a more similar DNA structure with bananas than uh, chimpanzees. Yeah. And like the thing, but like Velveeta is like just one thing away from like plastic. It's like, it doesn't really mean anything. Right, because it's you know, delicious. It's like what builds us. It doesn't necessarily. You're so right. relationships. That is oh, whatever true. i'll say it i'll say my my daddy's a mushroom sure <laughs> half mushroom half man whatever respect. that should have been Why one of the stories no love <laughs> actually mushrooms are kind of having a little bit of a renaissance right oh now. i think so i think it's cool to like mushrooms right now yeah you're like smart and stuff and i it kind of is giving me like 2010s mustache vibes with like the amount i'm seeing them on like clothes and things clothes oh yeah like like a pin like button downs mushroom print dresses very very twee Hmm. yeah yeah well i fucking hated this movie i thought it was boring (laughs) but even the plant one i liked i just want to say i want to say one thing i liked about the plant (laughs) one 
if if this were a true 1920s movie, the whole thing would have taken place, uh, would have took place inside the house or the laboratory. You would not have seen a single plant attack, and it would have just been them talking about. It would have been the plant presentation for an hour and a half. But I liked how this one you got to like they like they open the door and there's like <laughs> plant vines like coming in and it's like really fun. I don't know. Well, this is post invasion of the body snatchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like we've seen better horror up to this point yeah. and comparing it to 1920s horror and saying it's better than something 40 years before, I think is an indictment of its awfulness. <laughs> you gotta be harsher on these movies. Yeah. No, um, you just like to bully though. You're a mean girl. <laughs> yeah. Margo is a mean girl. I did think it was funny. Um, the, the plants, like I was just sort of imagining like the prop guys having to like hold yes. st- bang them against the window. Yes. It really felt like, like goosebumps quality. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was giving goosebumps. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was laughing a lot during this movie. Maybe that's what I liked about it is I was laughing a lot. Like I wasn't like necessarily that bored. I, I can't think of a single good scare in the movie though, really. No. Uh, I did think yeah. I did think um in the werewolf one when the werewolf's hand yeah, that came was out good. of the coffin. I thought that was pretty pretty creepy, but that's honestly the the most scary thing I can think of. Yeah. I think the scariest part was the thought of having to sit on a train uh car with a bunch of strangers. All packed like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. yeah. For hours, and then you realize it's it's purgatory. Mm-hmm. That's so true. This is a borer. Yeah, big time borer for me. Should I read the text from you from last night? <laughs> like, why are you pretending that you enjoyed this movie? No, yeah, let's dox him. Let's yeah. dox him. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like the this had the spirit. This had heart. I'm also uh only including the plant one and the hand one. Those are okay, the only... well there were four others. Yeah, the dog died in the plant one too. <laughs> I hated the werewolf one, I hated the vampire one, I hated the races I walked with a zombie one, uh and the overall one was stupid. What happening in this film boring (laughs) never mind this blows cock and not in a good way he fucking shot the doggo what a fucking dick ass bitch motherfucker why is there so much dog deck this is absolutely horrible (laughs) i like this movie frotty face and then 30 minutes later jk this is boring ass too frowny face (laughs) There is a lot of dog uh, violence in this movie. I think that is something we should uh, put on the record. Yeah. Yeah. The My first... favorite part of the movie is when um, after the dog dies and the the like little girl is very sad and the mom is like, "Hey, why didn't you? Why are you so sad?" And she's like, "My fucking dog just died." <laughs> yeah. It's pretty incredible. She has glasses on and she, in a dramatic moment, takes the glasses off and it's like it's not as fun without Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Literally. it was weird though that like none of no one cared that the dog died except yeah they, yeah they moved on quite quickly that, that, that is kind true of, that's kind of par for the course with most horror movies though yeah they never take that dog death seriously especially when it's uh they should because it's an omen for their deaths it's true most of the time mm-hmm. it's just the act one of what's to come yeah 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 all right bore <laughs> If you, you saw this movie when we were in our 1920s era, how would you feel? This is I not me say... trying to prove a point. I'm just curious. I mean, I would probably, I would probably be less harsh on it. Respect. But I mean, I still don't think that this is in any context a good movie. Yeah. And I think the purpose of this podcast is to assess the evolution of horror movies. And like, this feels yeah. very not evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like fast food. Especially given the title. Like the title is so promising. I know. And and they like, there's like an Easter egg about it in the racism one. But there other is, than that, yeah. there's no reason why yeah. this should have been called. We never that. even see the titular House of Horrors. Yeah. I think or, 
deck is his house of horrors. I think there's something like when you do tarot. Oh, it's like, like house, house of cards. Yeah, sure. Like also, his name is Shrek. Yeah, Dr. Shrek. Which means terror, which is, I think, fun in, in the context yeah. of the Shrek universe. Yeah, that yeah. is true. That is true. That's good. I have to imagine that that's why he's named Shrek in the movies. Yeah, because he's terrifying. Because that means terror in German. Behavior. Yeah. Except he has a Scottish accent. Denke. Denke. Um, word. All right, don't watch this movie. Nobody watch this movie. Cast <laughs> it into the fiery inferno of nothingness of forgotten luckily though the second movie we watched this week was really good because i didn't pick it because <laughs> <laughs> margo picked it um yeah we watched the vigil which is a jewish horror movie the only jewish horror movie i've ever heard of or seen yeah um it's a possession horror movie and unlike most possession horror movies they don't um use jesus to get rid of the demon they use jewish god <laughs> nice um yeah so this movie is about uh, a man who has recently le- left the orthodox jewish community because that community is sort of all he knows he's having trouble integrating back into society or integrating into society for the first time he has a history of trauma which we learned about a little bit throughout the movie and um he's trapped for cash so he excuse me he's trapped for cash so he takes a job as a shomer which is somebody who sits shiva um for a um, dead jewish person shiva is basically um a vigil that's where somebody watches over a, a dead body um until they're buried and sometimes there's not always somebody available so they will pay somebody known as a shomer to watch for um the family um this guy spends the night in this dead guy's house with his old wife. Um, and there's lots of spooks and uh, demons about. And uh, it's pretty scary and pretty interesting and pretty well done and high stakes. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was Good very spooks. enjoyable. Good spooks. Yeah. Good spooks, yeah. Yeah, my favorite thing about this movie is how they established the stakes early on. Um, and you, you, get a reason for why he's doing this, why he can't leave the house. Um, the classic like horror movie questions are answered um, pretty easily. So you can just kind of enjoy what's going on. Yeah, everything made sense. Yeah. Everything made sense. And also it had layers of meaning to it in an like artistic way. So mm-hmm. there was like a practicalness to it. And there was a like more like, heady like uh theoretical sense to it that's the part that i really enjoyed are like the layers like the way that they showed him going through his grief and then as well as like the 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 wife the old lady what she was going through and even the mm-hmm. husband generational yeah, grief Duke vibes. exactly yeah very much so i've never seen that that's a good one mm-hmm. it's so sad so sad yeah it's so sad i don't really like it it's yeah, too sad for me it's very upsetting yeah but it is good. Yeah. Elevated horror. Yeah, they reference the Babadook in uh, the new Scream movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but we definitely recommend this movie to anybody who likes horror um, simply because it's very unique. Um, as I've said, I've never seen um, a Jewish horror movie. And I mean, as far as like the Judaism stuff, it is very accurate, at least to my knowledge as, as uh, a Jew. Um, in terms of the culture and the like religious um, practices as well. Um, And I think people leaving the Orthodox Jewish community is a very interesting topic in general. There are TV shows about it just because it is so um, insulated and obviously the practices um, are very how do i say this politely um archaic in many ways um men and women aren't allowed to touch each other until they're married men and women stay separate pretty much all the time there's just like lots of strange rules about what women can and cannot dress and wear um and clearly as we saw in the movie um, people who leave the orthodox uh, jewish community have a very hard time integrating in society just because um, they aren't taught basic things like 
how to write a resume. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but um, I can imagine if you're in a very insular community, um, you not learning basic life skills like that, um, that would be useful outside of the community. And I thought that was a very interesting backdrop for the film. Um, and then you also have the main character feeling grief for his dead brother, um, which is a very interesting backdrop. And uh, the demon is sort of trying to uh, use his pain against him, um, which is, yeah, an interesting layer to uh, the, the demon film genre. Here's my question. And I'm, I'm like skimming this interview with the director to try to see if he's Jewish. And I'm like 99% sure he is. Um, so if like in Judaism, the conception of like hell and the devil is like different slash non-existent, where, where did the demons come from? Yeah, that's, that's the one thing where I'm like, I'm not really sure about because yeah, Jews don't believe in hell. And just Googling the Jewish demon, uh, which they call a mazik in this movie, there's there's like not a lot about it. I don't think, I don't, I mean, I've never heard of this, uh, of a Jewish demon before this movie. Um, so I imagine it's not like something that's, I don't want to say it's like not legit, but it's not something that like most Jews believe in for sure. Yeah, this is what the interview says. Uh, the Question is, yeah, I was raised Jewish and I never heard of the Mazik, the spirit you focused on. And then the director, Keith Thomas, says, the trick with it is that in the rabbinical literature, the Mazik, which means destroyer in Hebrew, is really only referred to as something that is inside abandoned houses. So you would avoid certain houses, just like haunted houses, I suppose. You'd avoid going into them because there could be a Mazik. But there was no description of what it looked like or anything about it, so I had to make that up. Okay. Yeah, makes more sense to me that this would be something present in rabbinical literature rather than like the Torah. What's the difference? Like rabbinical literature would be things people write about Judaism, whereas the Torah is the actual text. Word. I did just say fan fiction. Is that offensive? Uh, (laughs) uh, It's not offensive to me, but... Okay, but uh, that's fine. I think it's more than fan fiction. Fair enough. Like theory. Yeah. Interpretation. Scholarly reason. Also, the acting was very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Really good. The creepy old lady is played by the um, actress who plays Mags in Hunger Games Catching Fire for all you uh, Hunger Games fans out there. She was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, she was great. She was great. Um... Yeah, longtime listeners of this podcast will know that that is my scariest uh, horror Spook- thing. Um, is lady. like an old lady in a gown. Um, so that def- that 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 uh, that definitely spooked me out. Hashtag yeah. spooky lady. Hashtag spooky lady. Yeah, there's one moment um, where uh, main guy gets a text from the demon <laughs> and uh, it's a video of the old lady like caressing his face while he's asleep that was very creepy that was a good one that whole sequence of him in the chair in the corner there's like 10 to 20 minutes of literally him just sitting in a chair and just like looking over his shoulder and just like typing texting and then being like did i just hear something and it could be so boring but it's so riveting and actually like really spooky um yeah that's yeah. what I love about like a well-done horror movie is like the tension that's created in those kinds of moments makes those scenes that are otherwise like boring, interesting. Like that's something that the new Scream did in uh, one death scene where it, it was like almost playing on that trope of um, like the bad guy appearing behind like like a closed it. door or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it was, it, it's just really fun to watch. My question, and I don't know, <laughs> this is like not the way I like love to um, evaluate a film, but I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. So obviously our boy Yaakov is experiencing, you know, some like. Um, PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. So do we think the uh, demon was legit or all in his head? Um, oh, I think it was definitely legit. I think it was real. 
I know what you mean by not liking to criticize movies in this way. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is sort of a question. It's not a very important question, but it was definitely something that I wondered to. I don't know. I think I think the demon was real and his own personal journey was like a silver lining that happened to yeah. him. Yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't necessarily matter, like, in the context of the film. Um, because, like, it happened, you know what I mean? Like, it happened in the movie and, like, whatever. Um, and, you know, something like St. Maud, where it is all in her head, is still very scary. Yeah. So it, do- it, like, doesn't really matter, but just something I was thinking about. For sure. And I think another reason why it may not matter as much is because, spoiler alert, uh, everything turns out okay in the end. Yeah. So... Well, not really. What what doesn't? Um, well, in the the final shot, the the final shot was something I didn't really like because it felt a little redundant. Um, after he leaves the house, the mazik comes out of the house and follows him down the street. Oh, I didn't. I thought he was that. the mazik was walking the other way, but I couldn't really tell. What I didn't even know. It's that. it's it's like really blurry and not super clear. Um, yeah, and it what? lingers for like three seconds oh. before something comes out, so you might have turned it yeah. off. Um, which I, I didn't really like that because right prior to that, he had supposedly like defeated the Mazik. Yeah. So and, it's like unclear why that was happening. And the uh, image of the Mazik has, was very vague in a good way. And I don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the last shot, it's clearly. just, it's literally just like a black shadow. Okay. Um, that's following him and it's, it is blurry. Um, yeah. But, Though I will say, the parts where they had close-ups on the demon moments with the head turning, especially that moment where he's in the chair and you he's looking off into the corner and there's the silhouette that you may or may not notice at first and then it like moves its head. Those moments were so spooky. So effective. Yeah, that was probably the, the my favorite scare was that moment um, when he's sitting in the chair and he's just like looking in the shadow and there's just like a... Yeah. What looks like a, a man standing there. Yeah. I totally didn't see it until it moved its head, and that really got me good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of really good moments like that where, like, um, there's just something in the background that they don't they don't highlight a whole lot. But if you do catch it, it's really it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And they don't they never. There's a trap that movies can fall into if you show the monster too early. It becomes like it loses a lot of its scare, um, especially for these kind of like demonic, like possession type movies. Um, and I thought they did a good job of like explaining the lore and like teasing it, doing a demon soft launch, if you will, um, that still created a lot of tension. Um, but didn't leave us feeling like we had no idea what we were up against. Um, and even uh, playing with like the old lady trope, because uh, she undoubtedly was spooky and was like played for spooks, but they didn't. Uh... She was not like possessed or a demon or anything. Yeah, no. they didn't have her head spinning around or anything. No. <laughs> yeah, she didn't fly through the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But she was still, like, there was one scene where she's just literally just walking upstairs and you just catch her as she's, like, at the top of the stairs. And that was, like, I think the spookiest thing she did in the whole movie, besides petting him while he's asleep. Yeah. yeah. Recording. <laughs> Which I don't think actually happened. I think that was just the, the, the demon playing right. tricks on him. But but for sure. Um, yeah. I think the thing that, like, this movie did best was uh, they were able to keep the tension going pretty much the from the moment he gets in the house the moment he leaves mm-hmm. um the pacing is really good um and yeah even though even though it is very contained and very simple um super effective and i think with the movie we watched for the older the doctor dr horrible sing-along blog we um margo you said after the movie you were like why did i just watch that like with this movie, The Vigil, there was a great, like, um, in the climax when he's fighting the demon, it's not just he pushes, like, if this were the Christian equivalent, it would just be like he pushes the crucifix close enough to the demon yeah. so it's okay. And mm-hmm. this one, it's like he's he has to go through a certain internal journey to help. Yeah, he has to overcome him. his grief there's and forgive certain, himself. Yeah. yeah. So there's a certain, like, you, you sort of get a certain sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. 
out of the demon being cast away. There's like a greater sense, greater purpose. Yeah. But I gotta rewatch that ending. That's that's stupid. It is stupid. Yeah. It is. That's stupid. the producer. That's the producer after the the director's cut came out. Hey, what happened? I didn't get to see the demon. Mm -hmm. The demon. Yeah. I also thought that the um. So, the backstory of the Mazik is that um, it had originally latched onto the um, man who died, who Jakob is sitting Shiva for, um, during World War II, after a Nazi had forced him to kill who we presume to be his wife. And he's so sorrowful that the Mazik at that point latches onto him because this thing feeds on pain. And the depiction of the Mazik in that moment is pretty different than what we see later in the movie, um, but pretty scary. Um, I thought it was cool. It was like sort of like almost plant-like with its fingers. Yeah, that's the fingies. Right. Um, yes. And I thought it was cool that like it presents itself differently um, to um, the man who died and then to Jacob later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Jacob's grief is about his dead brother. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was his son. Nah. No, I think it was his little brother. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Which, why did his brother have a fake beard? Was that just like a fun? Yeah, I don't know what that was about. If <laughs> if he had like drawn a fake beard on himself, or if that was supposed to be just like adolescent facial hair. Well, he was like. He was in a costume. No. The the oh. little kid. He had oh, like yeah. yeah he had like a hard hat. He on. did have a hard hat on. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was for Halloween or something. Yeah, something I was, like that. it looked like he was like pre bar mitzvah age. And I didn't know if like you started like wearing the traditional like orthodox like beard and uh, hair until after your bar mitzvah. Um, so I don't know if it was like a fun, a fun little day for him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the rules are with like shaving and cutting your hair, honestly. But in any case, yeah. It was still good. Still, uh, yeah. Uh, highly despite recommend Despite the child, still good. Yeah, despite the child. <laughs> yeah. Shuba had her bat mitzvah this summer. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, tov. Do um, Where did we watch the movie again? Where did you find it? I think it was on Hulu. Oh, yeah, on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Never mind. Hulu. I'll check it out later. All right. Horror. Horror oh, for yeah, me. Absolutely horror. Yeah, I'd absolutely recommend. Um, Margaret, I don't know how you found it. I, I had never heard of it before. I had never heard anything about it. My horror YouTuber. Oh, hell yeah. Said it was good. Possessed but... by horror. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Nice. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Okay, well, n next week it's me and I get to pick. Yeah, baby. Just looking. And to my chagrin, she'll be going to 1966. Or maybe I'll say 1965. Oh, wait, no, there was one that looked good in 1966. There's not much in Um, We should also mention, Margaret and I saw Scream this weekend, the new Scream film. We won't say a whole lot just because it's still very new and we don't want to spoil anything, but very enjoyable. Would definitely recommend it, especially if you like uh, the other Scream movies, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they do a very good job making it true to the film series. And um, it's a lot of fun. Hell and yeah. um, big news for all of our Mr. Ballin fans out there. Mr. Ballin is releasing a podcast. Oh, wow. Is it about the strange, dark, and mysterious delivered in story it. format? You know it, but I think it's just going to be YouTubers say they're doing a podcast and it's just like them filming themselves talking. Yeah. Which is not, I mean, no, I that's don't know. a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they probably upload the audio places, but it seems like their primary vehicle is like them being filmed. It's very strange. I don't really understand. I guess it, it makes sense because their audience is already on YouTube and they're just. Yeah, but I don't understand how that is different than Mr. Ballin's usual content yeah i guess maybe like just like longer form yeah maybe less um content restricted for revenue yeah revenues sake 
I don't know if y'all heard, but there's like a true crime YouTubers are going to war with YouTube RN. I have complicated feelings about true crime. I feel like they shouldn't be able to like uh, profit from telling yeah. people's stories about like how they were murdered and stuff when mm-hmm. like oftentimes they are not consulting like their families and things. For sure. Um, and I think it's like getting a sponsorship is one thing, but getting ad revenue for something like that feels really icky. For sure. A lot of them just like sensationalize the murders too. And yeah. they're very respectful. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. All right. But it's complicated. For sure. is um what uh, i was talking about the vigil with callan and i was trying to describe it is what he was doing is that sitting shiva or are those two yeah. different oh, okay that's so, that was the shiva ritual okay mm-hmm. got you got you and the person who does it is the shomer um no i think shomer is just somebody who's paid to do it in case there's no one else to do it um okay. I don't know if there's like a word for just like anybody who does it though. Okay, word. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of fun rituals in Judaism that I think makes it cool for horror. And the same way that Christianity has some silly little rituals like eating bodies and drinking yeah, blood. Drinking blood. <laughs> That's good. And uh, uh, fucking waterboarding your baby. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Fully submerging it. For like 10 seconds, right? Yeah, I think uh, until the bubbles stop. Right. That's the rule? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boom!